Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro revenge video. If you're already a pro at this whole YouTube thing, make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Log Leader made my ex-boss lose around 25000 on his salary. I used to work at a Wendy's as a manager. It was already a crappy job, but my general manager was nice and most employees were easy to deal with. All this started when I was already working around 65 hours a week. I was offered a $100 bonus to work one of my only days off. I decided to do it and later that week before I'd even been paid I was asked to come in again. I said this time I would like $150 as at this point I'd worked almost 23 days without any days off. They said they'd do it, so in I went. Cut forward 3 weeks, I've been asking about my money for a while now. I'm told by my general manager that I could speak to my district manager as he would be in later that night. The conversation goes like, hey do you know what's going on with the bonus, I'm owed $250 with both the days. The district manager said, well, that's why I came here. The store's been having trouble making money. So he's basically telling me that my performance isn't good enough. At this point, I'm working dinner rush and the whole night with me and three others. My girlfriend, best friend, and other friend that has grown close. The district manager says, your shift isn't making as much money as others and your drive time is higher. I say, well, we're doing all we can. It takes extra time when we only have half the number of people with the same amount of customers. The district manager says, that's really no excuse. I say, when am I going to receive my bonus? My district manager was a very sheepish man, so he's very obviously scared when he tells me this. The district manager says, we can't give you a bonus until the revenue rises and drive time goes down. I am speechless at this point. The rest of the conversation was a blur. I grew up on the south side. You didn't mess with people's money. A day passes. I've had time to collect myself and speak to my entire crew. Everyone agrees to walk out with me, so I call my district manager. The phone starts to ring, but then it cuts off. He declined my call, so I called him again and again and again. Finally, I just leave him a voicemail. I say, look, Jacob, you need to talk to me. You have until 8.45 to call me back or all of the night crew is done. At this point, it's 7.30. I go into my office and start watching my boss's email. She leaves it open and logged in. I figured he would probably email her before calling me. Around 20 minutes of watching this email and boom, an email pops up. Emergency, Lonnie. This idiot put my name on the email, so of course I read it. Long story short, in the email, it was him trying to make sure my general manager was going to be ready to go to work. AKA, he wasn't going to call me or give me my money, so I get all my people together and we walk out, leaving everything out. All the meat, all the toppings, the fryer, everything. The next day, I turn in my keys. About a week later, I'm called by my brother. I say, what's up? Brother says, Jacob lost all of his stores. He has to go back to Indiana. My brother worked at the store as well. If you don't know, district manager's pay is based on the amount of stores they have and how much they make. When he moved to Indiana, his wages got reduced from 65000 to around 40000 All this for $250. With everything you guys have heard and learned, if there was ever an opportunity like this to get a bonus, would you make sure that you get it in writing that they agreed to give you that bonus before you ever do the work? 
Do you think that should be something everybody makes mandatory before they ever come in for extra work? Let me know what you guys think in the comments down below. Our next story is by YT. City tries to fine me for not mowing my lawn, so I threaten the city with a fine for not mowing theirs. The city would send me letters telling me my lawn was too tall and that if I don't mow it, they'll send out a contractor to mow it at a price of something like $50 per square feet, so I stopped mowing their lawn. My property ended 15 feet before the curb. Not a 15-foot easement, it ended there. My easement was 10 foot back from that, meaning 25 feet from the curb. Then after it got too high, I copy-pasted their letter to me and certified mailed it back to the city. They also sent me a letter saying I needed to mow it at about the same time. I looked up my plat in the county records and referenced it back to them, took pictures with a tape measure and reiterated that if they don't take action soon, I'm going to hire a contractor to mow it and charge them the same absurd rate they were going to charge me. About a week later, I come home from work and it's been mowed. No bill, just mowed. So I continued not mowing that 15 foot by 50 foot strip of grass for the next 5 or so years I lived there. I'd even hired a kid to mow for me as I'd gotten too busy and very specifically told him not to mow that strip. This just makes me think about like HOAs and their stupid requirements and just makes me realize how much I hate HOAs. The fact that your lawn gets a little too tall and the city comes out and says, Hey, you better mow that lawn or we're going to make you pay for it hardcore. I'd be pretty darn pissed off too. It's pretty crafty to not only flip the script on them, but make them keep paying for something because they were giving you a hard time about it. Our next story is by Coffee and Cats 2000. I refuse to make a fire in the fireplace, even though I can. My husband cannot make a fire in the fireplace. He's tried and every time they go out within 30 minutes. It is low-key hilarious. I can make a fire. I grew up in New England, long, miserable, cold winters. I know how to make a darn fire. However, when I advised him, he shushed me. My dear husband, the man I love, shushed me. So now I refuse to make a fire. I literally just watch this man make a fire and remake a fire all darn day for the past four days and you know what? I'm going to continue and let him struggle as I sip my tea and keep my mouth shut. Eventually I will make a fire, but I'm going to wait until he's so frustrated he's cursing in his mother tongue. He's not quite there yet. I feel like most of us have been in a situation like this where we really know how to do something, but somebody expects you're just not that good at it or downplays your abilities with it, or when you try to help them, they go, no, 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 I got it. You're like, okay, big man, good luck. You put your feet up, you start sipping on your tea, just enjoy the show. Our next story is by an anonymous poster, Illegal Safety Inspections. Years ago, just after getting out of the Navy, I was going through jobs until I found one that suited me and my Navy skills. I took a job with an asphalt company. I was hired mainly to drive a dump truck because I had a chauffeur's license. A little more background to the story, I was done on my luck. My car was being sought after for repossession, I was evicted from secretly living with my girlfriend as she was in Section 8 housing, her sister's boyfriend's dad owned this small-time paving company, let's call him Ted because that's the jerk's name. Ted owned a large house that he rented out to employees. It was more of a flop house and party house. We all supplemented our measly incomes by selling plasma as often as we could. On payday, Ted would have us all meet him at the bank to cash our paychecks and immediately pay him his rent. Ted's paving company was small time, 
I think he owns six various vehicles. In Missouri, all vehicles have to have an annual safety inspection. Well, Mr. Tidewad Ted has a brother that does said inspections. Illegally, of course. Ted would pay his brother for inspection stickers for vehicles that were never inspected, nor would they even come close to passing. One day, I was honestly and truly sick as a dog. I called off sick. I was immediately fired. Not working for him any longer. Also meant you couldn't live in his crap hole flop house. Homeless and vengeful, I did what any safety conscious person would do. I called the Missouri Highway Patrol that governs the inspections and reported all the illegal vehicles and the inspection station just for spite. Poor Ted was forced to shut his crappy little business down as he couldn't afford to get all of his vehicles up to passing. As a bonus, his brother lost his inspection license along with fines, I'm sure. As much as I kind of feel bad for the other people in that situation that probably ended up homeless as a result of this, OP honestly probably did Ted a favor. They were one major accident away from being, like, really criminally liable for probably a lot of stuff. And considering all their workers were working in some party flop house, I feel like that was bound to happen at some point. OP came in and, although they lost their business, cleared the decks for Ted. And all that liability and illegal stuff they were doing kinda just got washed away. This next story is by Low Myope. My Petty Little Revenge Against Racists and Homophobes The best thing about working in healthcare is working with the public. Conversely, the worst thing about working in healthcare is working with the public. You get to meet all kinds of people. Rich, poor, sick, well, all ages, races, genders, sexual orientations, etc. You really get to explore the rich tapestry of life. Although the vast majority of people are lovely, sometimes you meet people who are not. You do come across objectionable members of society who can range from having questionable views to just generally being horrible and nasty individuals. Due to my appearance, white male, former college linebacker with big beard, booming Robeson-esque bass and a passing resemblance to Robert Oberst, some of my patients feel as though it's safe and acceptable to use racial or homophobic slurs. As I'm obviously like them, i.e. white, cisgender, and straight, I know that they wouldn't dare use such language around my colleagues, almost all of whom are black, Asian, and minority ethnic, or LGBT. It really does annoy me. So one day, I decided to start getting revenge on these people. So the story of the first time I did this. I have an old white man in my consultation room, around 80 years old. As I'm examining him, he starts going on a long homophobic rant. Pretty much anything you can imagine could be used as a slur he used. It was disgusting to be honest. As the consultation was drawing to a close, he asked the following. So tell me about yourself, are you married? I could not resist the perfect opportunity presenting itself. My reply was, me and my husband have been happily married for the past five years. The color drained from this man's face almost instantly and he did not utter a word for the rest of the consultation. As soon as I was done, he sprinted right out of the room, through the waiting area, into the car park, and drove off quickly, in almost exactly the same manner as you hear off-screen on The Simpsons. Since that day, anytime that anyone makes racist or homophobic comments, I tell them that I'm married to a person with that characteristic. I love to see them squirm. I actually really like the tactic OP's taking here. Whether or not they're actually married to somebody like that doesn't matter, but they're going to say that they are, so they can just serve a taste of medicine straight to that patient that's sitting there spouting all these 
terrible things. I respect OP greatly for their work in healthcare and for standing up for the people that just get unnecessarily discriminated against. This next story is by Deus System Failed. Write me up. I love a good paper trail. Today, I filled in for a coworker with COVID. I needed the hours and she needed coverage, so everyone wins. Well, almost. The second I clocked in, my boss, let's call her Kay, pulled me aside for a serious talk. She handed me a write-up for discussing salary with other employees. I paid a good bit more than others being cross-trained and having relevant experience and education to back it up. The issue is, I'm paid more than the assistant manager and she's pissed that I make two more dollars than her and has eight years with the company and I've only been here two months. My boss says it's a final notice. Next time is termination as per company rules. I pointed out that this is in violation of not one, but two federal laws. And she retorted, this is a right to work state, I'll fire you for chewing gum, don't press it. So I bit my tongue and worked my shift without complaint. I get home, do a little research, and find the exact place to help me. The National Labor Relations Board. I talk to an agent who helps me through the process of filing a claim and helps me upload both the pieces of incriminating evidence both with corporate approval and my manager's signed confession of retaliation and corporate policy in clear violation of federal law. They can't really defend themselves when they drafted the incriminating paperwork to intimidate me. The real kicker is the penalty. On top of restitution to employees affected, me, they also lose government contracts. This hurts my job extra hard as a pharmacy. As a pharmacy tech, I know for a fact that 50 plus percent of our money is from Medicare and Medicaid programs that we will lose permanently. I've already got a job lined up and I was planning on jumping ship the day I started my new one, but I couldn't be happier to burn the ship down on the way out. I haven't even informed my current job that I'll be leaving the second my background check clears and I pick up my badge with a real healthcare provider that will actually put my skills to use. Poor Kay better hope she doesn't chew any gum because her boss is gonna crucify her when they get served with papers. Kay can blame me all she wants, but at the end of the day, she wrote her own termination paperwork by vilifying me for exercising my rights. Pretty petty on my part, but when you get a rare chance to end a beast, why not take the golden opportunity? You just cannot feel bad for that Karen. I kind of feel bad for the pharmacy as a whole, but I mean, I guess they empowered somebody like Karen to be in that position. I guess the only thing I wish is like, if they fired the employee responsible, you would hope that maybe they could get those government contracts back. I hate to see a whole place get absolutely tanked because one manager was just that awful. But not to mention, not only should they have been clearly aware that threatening to fire you because you discussed your wages or giving you a warning because of it is completely illegal, regardless of right to work or not, but also to just be dumb enough to draft up an incriminating piece of paperwork that clearly is intimidating OP. This Karen clearly had no idea of what they can and can't truly do. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories.